0: This is six minutes after the hour. This is the Around the House program. Just getting my headphones unwound here. Good to have you with us. Thanks for sharing your weekend with us here on the program. We're glad uh, glad you're with us, and we'll be here a couple hours. I'm Ken Moon. We're going to talk about that special place that you and I call home, and if you would want to join the festivities, it's easy to do. Call 719-473-1240, 1240, and we'd be delighted to uh, to talk to you. Let's see. Today is the nineteenth uh, of the uh, of November, and so uh, exactly twenty nine years ago tomorrow, uh, I started this program. So, twenty ninth anniversary this weekend. Uh, that's uh, thank you. It's the boys are in sound of one hand clapping in the control room. But anyway, November twentieth, nineteen ninety three, we started the program. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 been a long run, been a lot of fun every saturday for all that time so this is no exception we're glad you're with us and we would love it if you want to check in with us there's live email we have at aroundthehouse.com the second button from the left uh it says email i think it says email ken uh, and so um you can take advantage of that if you'd like but we'd rather talk to you on the phone 719-473-1240 this is kind of a sick email that a friend of mine sent to me and it's called girlfriend or dog okay Let's see if there's a contrast here. You'll get the bit in just a second. Like Johnny Carson said, you've got to buy the premise before you uh before you can get the bit. The later you are, the more excited your dogs are to see you. Girlfriend or dog? Dogs don't notice if you call them by another dog's name, right? Dogs like it if you leave a lot of things on the floor like underwear and things like that. A dog's parents never visit have you thought about that dogs understand that you have to raise your voice to get your point across you never have to wait for a dog they're ready to rock and roll 24 hours a day dogs find you amusing when you're drunk (laughs) yeah dogs like to go hunting and fishing of course that's that's true a dog will not wake you up at night to ask if i died would you get another dog no, nobody ever, dog never asked that. If, do, if a dog has babies, you can put an ad in the paper and give them away. That's kind of sick. A dog will let you put a studded collar on it without calling you a pervert. That may be my favorite one. If a dog smells another dog on you, they don't get mad. They just think it's interesting. Let's see. Dogs like to ride in the back of a pickup truck. We know that. If a dog leaves, it won't take half your stuff with them. To test this theory, lock your wife or your girlfriend and your dog in the tool shed for an hour and then come back and see who's happiest to see you. So that's an old one. Anyway, I thought you might like that that contrast. Whoever I won't tell you who sent that to me because I don't want to get him any credit anyway. Eddie, let's see here. 719-473-1240 is our I've got to oh, I've got to share this with you. This is an example of A a, a corollary of Murphy's law. I want to tell you something that happened, and there's a lesson in here for all of us. Well, I've been trying to get a hold. There's a government website called Treasury Direct, and you you buy, you know, savings bonds for the grandkids, you know, that kind of thing, at, at Treasury Direct. Well, my account got locked up. I misspelled one of my security questions, so they locked my account up instantly, and. Because of all the interest rate changes lately, the the site is very, very busy. So I pick up the phone. There's an 800 number to call. And I called it and it said your approximate wait is an hour and 15 minutes. You've been through this before, right? Oh, man. So I sent him a couple of emails. Got an email back. We don't answer emails. We're too busy. So there you go. That's the government for you. So I had to, you know, unlock my account somehow. So uh, this week, I think it was... Uh, was it wednesday i think whatever day it doesn't matter I, I said i'm gonna hang in there and get this done so i called the 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 800 number and i got that hour plus wait time anticipated so the music plays and you know, and i just did my thing and I read the read the paper and did a bunch of paperwork and just had that phone laying on the desk for uh you know for you know going on an hour and but finally i looked at the thing and it said an hour and seven minutes and this guy goes on and on about if you have a problem you can call us and this is how you do this and this is how you do that and we're super busy we're sorry about that and and then it's terrible boring music so i said well i might as well take a shower i got to get out of here so you can see this coming right so i i go in the bathroom i put I put the phone with the music tinkling and playing on the on the vanity. Jump in the shower, get my hair all lathered up, and just singing and whistling like I do in the shower. And I hear this, "Hello, can I help you?" You know, you could see that coming, right? So, I dive out of the shower, grab a towel, looking for my glasses, dripping and soaps, you know, all over the the bathroom and grabbing for towels and things and i finally can you hear me can you hear me yeah and so i didn't want to lose her after start over so we finally got our business done and it was fine it, she was really nice and i said you know you guys it takes an hour to get through to you and she said you know we're very sorry about that but you know that's just the way the way it is i guess so my, the lesson in this, it's a, this is a corollary of Murphy's Law kind of thing. If you're on hold with somebody, Xfinity or some company, a you know, credit card company you want to talk to, if you want them to answer the phone, jump in the shower. That's my lesson. <laughs> That's the lesson. If you want them to answer the phone, jump in the shower. There's some kind of karma thing there. Is that right? Is it karma? Something like that. Anyway, I thought you'd uh, get a kick out of that. Uh, 719-473-1240 is our telephone number. There's a couple of editorials in the Gazette I wanted to talk about. One is about uh, affordable housing, and the other, th- these were in this week, and climate change I want to talk about. That's one of my favorite uh, topics. So let's see here. we got a caller, uh, line one. Let's talk to uh, Shannon. You're on the air with Ken Moon around the house. Hi. Not yet? Okay. dip a Okay. Well, will let me know when when she's ready, so I won't start something else here. It's thirteen minutes after the hour, and uh, no. Okay. You want to hold her over till after the break? She's ready. She ready? Okay. Let's, Shannon. Hi. Hello there. Hi. <laughs>
1: hey, I just wanted to tell you about the Treasury Direct experience I had. Oh,
0: please do. Yeah.
1: Okay, um, I think you're really lucky you got through. I was buying uh, when the E-bonds uh, were going to change prices.
0: The, the I-bonds, yeah. The, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah.
1: yeah, not the E-bonds, the I-bonds. And the uh, the wait was four hours and something. How much? So, four,
0: four hours? Four they...
1: hours plus. Oh, my uh-huh. goodness. Wow. Because the price was going to change right. at the end of October. Right. Right. So what I did was I, I tried it several times. I couldn't hang with it. So um, I wrote them an email or two, and they said, we don't answer emails.
0: That's what I got, too. Yeah, we're too busy. So
1: whenever I, they said, but you can um, send us information that we need. Just look at the note that we've sent you and do what it says. So because I made a mistake in my banking number, routing number Oh, i had to take six pages to the bank and i had to get the main banker to stamp and go through things it took about two hours at the bank <laughs> then when i brought that back what i did was i copied all the papers then what i did was i sent it via the postal service and I routed it as fast as it go. It would go. I sent it certified, and someone had to sign for it.
0: Right.
2: And
1: I got an email back that said that they got it, and that it would be about twelve weeks. <laughs> twelve?
0: Did you get Did you get the good rate on your bond, though?
1: Uh, I did because it actually that sending it and them signing for it must have gotten someone's attention. Yeah. Because. It was within 2 days I could open and get back into my account and buy my iBond.
0: Oh, you are so, the, you get the if I had a ribbon or a medal to give you I'd give it to you. I you know you you I thought I was persistent. Holy cow. Well, I'm glad yeah, you got the I, higher rate. It it went Shannon from about 9-ish to 6 something is that right? It went down uh at right. the at the beginning of November, I think, <laughs> something like that. Oh, oh wow. Well, I, I wish
1: Gotten it at six something in the spring and it's one of those things i kept forgetting about yeah yeah but i wanted to get in there just to look at another way to get the money out of my hands
0: <laughs> oh you are and, you are you get the you're the queen of persistence that's good you know it and it, it's it's illustra- illustrative of the dmv thing and all of the you know when the government has a monopoly on something there's no incentive for them to uh, to hurry up or customer service is not a a super high priority but i will tell you the girl i finally the lady i finally talked to was super nice why wouldn't she be, though, of course, making the kind of money they make and the benefits yeah. they get? But good for you. I'm glad you got through. You know, I-bonds are the best deal in town. And uh, they, they and the only problem is you used to be able to buy $30,000 worth. Now you can only buy yeah. 10000 But, I you know, you can buy them in the, in the names of your grandkids and your kids. Even if you have a business like a partnership or an LLC, you can buy I-bonds, the 10000 in any of those as long as it's a different taxpayer id number i don't know if you knew that or not so you yes, can yes i
1: did. yeah I do, I do my homework
0: <laughs> yeah well it sounds like you do yeah i wanted to make sure the audience knew so if you've got kids yes. and maybe a business as long as it has a taxpayer id you can buy a bond and it, it's the best deal in town when you can only get three percent or whatever it is in the you know in the regular stock market or bond market and um, they're the be- they're they're right. they're a great deal
1: Yeah, it really is. I just wanted to say that snail mail did it for the first uh, time in
0: years for me. When you started to tell the story, I said, oh, no, she used the government mail instead of FedEx. Oh, boy. But, you know, we're going to be fine, Shannon, until the government goes broke. Then you'll be calling me again, right?
1: Yeah, I I hear that.
0: You are a, you are a lady after my heart. You do your homework and you're persistent and I'm it's a great story. Thanks for your call. 719-473-1240 is our contact line and we appreciate that feedback. Shannon will be uh will be back with your phone calls right after this. Hey, if you're uh, looking to improve the appearance of your house and save energy, I want you to call Dutchess home improvement this is a company been around over 30 years you've heard about that, i know you have and they carry only the best brands of energy efficient windows if you have ugly old steel aluminum or wood windows you're wasting energy every single day when it gets cold like this you want good windows in your house they'll pay for themselves in just a few years so give dutchess a call 719-392-1369 is the phone number or dutchesshomeimprovement.com they're your local home improvement contractor of course, they're insured and licensed, as you would expect. Gary at uh, Dutchess, I'm impressed with his commitment to customer service. They carry only the best brands of new vinyl windows with the best installers in town, so give them a call. Save energy this winter and in summer when you do your air conditioning. Call Dutch's for a new set of windows. Your house will look great, and you'll save lots of energy. 392-1369 for Dutch's
3: from your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between ken moon has solutions around the house give him a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240
0: 22 minutes after the hour now let's talk to sue on line one sue you're on the air with ken moon around the house hi
1: hi hey i have a problem um in my bathroom on the floor i have like 13 by 13 inch tile Uh and the grout line is like disintegrating i've never seen that happen before so it looks like i need to regrout and i've not done that before yeah
0: do you have any leftover grout that the installer might have left at the house
1: uh i can buy some i know what it is it's like a may pie charcoal
0: okay but you know the the color uh, yeah, you, I know the uh, colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, good because you can mix that up yourself. Grouting is fairly easy, and when you're done, I think one of the secrets. How long has this floor been in? By the way,
1: about 15 years.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, I'm not surprised you need to regrout. One of the secrets when you're done with your project, we'll talk about that in a minute, Sue, is to get some clear uh, silicone-based grout sealer. It's liquid. Right. You get a little artist brush. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to paint it. Uh, you don't want to slop it onto the tile. You, you know what I'm saying. If you do, it'll dry sure. up and you can scrape it off with a razor blade. But get a small brush and do it that way. But with grout, you, it's, it's, it's easy to do yourself. There are grout application tools that come in various widths and sizes. It's a, a basically a kind of a sponge-type thing with a little handle on it is the typical grout uh, tool. And you mix it up to the right consistency in a bucket or a, a piece of Tupperware Uh, and 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 just run it through the grout lines yourself but you got to get rid of the old stuff and what what you what you need to do is to get uh, any kind of a tool you think would work based on the width of your grout lines maybe it's a a screwdriver you have that just fits in that grout line or a uh, you know you can use a chisel sideways you can use about any tool you can think of in a small hammer and just tap loose whatever will come loose you don't want to there's no reason to bust out grout that's really locked in there uh, do we have a lot of sure. areas that that need this or just here and there
1: uh nope it's just a long uh one edge of one of the tiles it yeah. just seems to be like holes you know i'm just sucking it up with a vacuum now yeah so, sure um
0: there are also grout okay. saw tools, uh, which, which a little carbide blade. You can run back and forth to kind of break that up a little bit. Just vacuum it out with a shop vac. Make sure you got all the little farkles and particles and dust, dust, dusty parts of the grout out of there because you want a nice okay. uh, solid base for the for the for the new grout but you can use about anything that works you could even use an old sponge if you have one to put the grout in okay it's easy to do yourself uh and uh once you get um uh, you know let it uh, let it harden and then uh you can get a, a sponge with just water water on it well let me let me start over you put the grout in with the sponge right and then let that okay. sit a few minutes and then uh, rinse the sponge out and just back and forth uh, perpendicular to the grout lines to get all the residue off the tile from the grouting process okay. itself. So, uh, and then you can, pol- once it- everything dries, you can polish it with a cloth and then let it sit for a couple of weeks so all the moisture gets out of it that's going to evaporate. And then do your grout uh, clear sealer, uh, silicone based sealer, and I think you'll be fine. Yeah.
1: Okay. And the consistency of the grout, like you just mix that up with water, then and but just place it right into the, the, the consistency.
0: Uh, you'll know it when you see it. You, you don't want it too sloppy, and you don't want it too dry. Uh, kind of the uh, consistency of uh, let me think here. You know, like uh, like you know, onion dip. You know <laughs> that uh-huh. you would sure. use at a cocktail party. Kind of that consistency. Yeah. Okay and uh, okay. You, you can't really go wrong. just just don't make it too loose and sloppy because it'll it'll be e- it'll be less easy to to put it uh, install it and it'll also take way too long to dry and it'll take so long to dry it might start cracking again. So you know not oh. you'll just know it when you see it. Uh, you can always add more okay. water, but you can't take any out. So just a little water at a time. It doesn't sound like you're going to need a lot. You could also use a putty yeah. knife to apply it if you wanted to. That would work nicely also. So, Okay. All right. Great.
1: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your tips as always. Thank you. Sue,
0: thanks a lot for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah. Grouting is the one thing you can do as a homeowner and have it turn out really well and not be an expert. In other words, not it doesn't have to be your profession, so to speak. You can get a nice looking job uh, you, the, the little carbide grout saw you can use that, that's more amenable to uh, the older like ceramic tile the four by four ceramic tile where the grout lines are pretty thin, but you can re grout your own shower pretty easily. You want to get all the old grout out to a depth of about an eighth inch, maybe three sixteenths of an inch, and then apply new right over the top and then you want to recock the the ninety-degree angles in the shower when you do that. Also, we, we caulking uh, at ninety-degree angles and grout on the flat areas of the tile, and you'll have a nice looking, you'll have a good looking uh, job when you're uh, when you're done. Did you see this? This was in the um, the Gazette. What's today? Night it was on Thursday, I guess. Uh, let's see here. It, the Gazette was talking about the headline is a prescription for homeowner misery a home buyer misery rather, build more houses. And they're making the point in here um, that we just need more. Builders are building a lot of houses, but they're not building enough. And there's not a lot of affordable housing around. And and, and the article makes a point that I've been making for many years on the on the program. Uh, it's easy to blame greedy developers and home builders making too much profit and that kind of thing. But one of the big reasons that houses are so expensive new homes is because of regulations state local federal government regulations zoning regulations uh and and they they push there's an estimate that maybe the third of the cost of a new home is because of regulations i've never seen you know i've seen that estimated i've never seen it proved but i'm not too surprised tap fees for water and sewer for instance can be thousands and thousands of dollars per house and here's um and 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 There are also reliability issues. The Gazette points out here that uh, the uh, the no growth. There's a lot of no growth sentiment in in our politics. You know, the old "I've got mine. uh, I'm I'm doing just fine." You know, if if the no growthers had their way, you might not have a house. And so, when I run into people who say we just need to limit growth, just too much growth. Well. We could have said that before you came. the The thing that builders always say: if you keep making babies, we'll keep building houses. That's kind of how that works. Uh, but uh, there are also a lot of state laws where builders have excess liability, uh, uh, class action lawsuits, and those kinds of things that make it easy to sue and hard for builders to de- defend themselves. And uh, you know, and, and you there's no such thing as a free lunch, as Milton Friedman says. So you pass more regulations. You're going to have more expensive houses. Uh, I'll give you a a quick example. These AFCI arc fault circuit interrupters are now required in new homes. And that adds (coughs) with, with not a lot of benefit. It's new technology. And instead of letting the market absorb that new technology one house at a time, uh, the government, through the code enforcement authorities, require everybody to put arc faults in, and that runs the cost of a house up a thousand to two thousand dollars. Whereas, if we were, could absorb the new technology, the new devices, safety devices, slowly let the market work, uh, that would uh, that would that would help. It would help even out some of these regulatory bumps. And the Gazette ends this this uh, affordable housing. And you know the the word affordable housing is a little bit of a, uh, a head scratcher for me. Affordable to whom? I'd like affordable T-bone steaks, but I gotta pay what they cost, right? I'd like an affordable car, but cars cost what they ca- cost again because of a lot of regulations. But here's the here's where I want to get with this, because that article uh, is that we we're, we're we have regulations coming. For all electric homes they are doing this already in California and I think in New York state where new homes can't have natural gas hookups anymore. We want to go all electric and I'll read this paragraph in the Gazette editorial is some food for thought here. Soon to be implemented is the whole green agenda by state and local governments, which will raise the cost of houses substantially uh, to the point that it won't pay builders to proceed with modestly priced projects, affordable uh, housing. For example, a pending statewide policy initiative here in Colorado, set in motion by recent legislation, will force the eventual electrification of natural gas-free homes. In other words, no natural gas hookups. Not only is the current technology questionable in its ability to effectively heat Colorado homes with electricity, we've talked about heat pumps don't work well here, but it'll add substantially to the price of a new home, maybe ten to $20,000, adding... Uh, only the most upscale, green-friendly homes to the supply side of the equation will not accommodate affordable housing. Will the politicians pay heed? Probably. Probably not. It's it's not that home builders haven't been building. They haven't been building enough houses, and not enough in the affordable range. One big reason is state and local government regulation. So, if we go to all-electric houses, look out below because it's going to add substantially to the cost of construction but also to your operating costs heat pumps in a cold climate like ours are not cost effective to operate because it's too cold too long here we heat more than we cool the heat pumps trying to extract latent heat out of really cold air just costs a lot of money and energy natural gas is so uh, relatively you know it just it produces a little water vapor a little carbon dioxide but it's plentiful and it's here But we're going to step on our on our necktie here by tripping over it, by uh, wanting to do all electric. And so watch out for that. And it's something that you need to be aware of. If you're thinking about buying a house in the future, they're only going to get more expensive. Time for a break. We'll be back right after this. 719-473-1240 right here on Around the House. Give us a call. Love to hear from you today. We'll be right back. Want to talk to you about Petrolly Roofing? They have a, a a deal that maybe you're not aware of. They will hang Christmas lights for you, custom measured, commercial grade Christmas lights at an affordable price. This is the way they keep their guys busy in the uh, in the winter time. Of course, they have ladders anyway, so why hang by your thumbs and and fall off a step ladder? And uh, who needs that? Uh, call petrole Roofing seven one nine. 375-8773. And now you got to do this pretty soon. Thanksgiving's right around the corner, so get in the queue now. Petrolli will hang these custom-made Christmas lights for you, take them down after the first of the year, and store them until next year. surprisingly affordable, and you'll love it because you don't have to do it yourself, spend more time with your family instead of, as I say, doing your own outside Christmas lights. So call them soon, ASAP, PetrollyRoofing.com or 719-375-8773. Ask Petroli about Christmas lights at your house. You will be glad you did. Petroli, 375-8773.
3: From your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's
0: 719-473-1240. Well, now it's twenty two minutes before the hour here on Around the House. Got an interesting email this week from Janice. She's up in Thornton. She's one of my Denver—I uh, uh, should say—clients, but fans, listeners up there. And she says, "I'm—I'm—I've resisted getting an RO reverse osmosis system for our Thornton home because I understand they—they uh, they waste water." In Water Star of Colorado seems like an irresponsible solution. Instead, we use an a undersink filter in the kitchen. But our Thornton house has a very high level of PFAS. Uh, Peter, you know, that's Papa Foxtrot Alpha Sierra, PFAS, which is, they're kind of a complicated organic chemicals. Uh, with fluorine atoms on the end that, that are ubiquitous. And some people call them forever chemicals. There's thousands of versions of these chemicals, uh, and they they are uh, ubiquitous in clothing and cosmetics and, I don't know, toothpaste. And a, a lot of the consumer goods that we use, they're everywhere, and they last a long, long time. So we have very high levels, she says, in Thornton, a thousand times the EPA health advisory levels. And so a whole house RO system is advisable. Do you think it's irresponsible? Well, uh, listen, you, Janice, your family's health comes first, regardless of saving the planet. And I'm using air quotes here. So, yeah, get an RO system if it makes you comfortable. My kids live in Phoenix, and everybody down there has an RO system because the water is really kind of brackish and salty and as well as being warm. So RO is a big deal down there. It'll take all the chemicals out of the water. These are the same chemical. These aren't the same chemicals, but part of the same family that we've been discussing, relating in Colorado Springs to Peterson Field, uh, the airport there. Use firefighting chemicals that have gotten in the groundwater, and uh, they are long-lasting. And, and they, the authorities are working on treatment and processing those. I don't want to go down that uh, down that rabbit hole, but the the so yeah, get the RO system. RO systems waste about three to four gallons of water for every gallon of water that you drink that you actually use now there are little kits you can buy that you can take the wastewater and put it in buckets and use it you know on your house plants or whatever let them get sick right who cares anyway so uh, yeah you can reclaim the wastewater, but they are a little wasteful but your family's health comes first and what i what i'm interested in this and i didn't do the research but there is a concept called a a no safe threshold concept that the epa and a lot of government authorities use that is any chemical that can cause cancer in mice let alone humans at any level measurable infinitesimal level should be banned and that's not a to me that i don't go down that road i think there are realistic approaches to this but no safe threshold can get you in trouble because that means that that you uh uh that you're, you're going to be restricted, and you're going to be hysterical, and you're going to be upset, and you're going to be freaked out by levels of chemicals that uh, that shouldn't be a, an issue. So uh, there you are. We're down to the trillionth of a part. Um, uh down measuring it in the trillions uh, of a uh, – what am I trying to say here? Trillions of a liter, trillions uh, of an ounce. Uh, those are levels that the EPA is – posted for these PFAS chemicals which uh, at certain a certain level will have no impact and you, if you, overall if you think you're you know if you're worried about your health and worried about chemicals, just remember how we're all living longer like we, than we ever have. life expectancy is is pretty high these days compared to even when I was a kid. so uh, get the RO system don't worry about it if you waste a little water that's the way it goes. Uh, what are we what are we at here? 17 minutes before the hour. this is a quickie from Chris. I'm a forever listener uh, and uh, thank you for that uh, but if you've answered this question before but I recently bought a 1970s house. I'm about to venture into replacing the ground plastic in the crawl space that's good. The walls have insulation R13 insulation draped uh, over the uh, concrete walls. Should I plastic the walls or leave it alone Well, uh, we don't want to trap water and moisture near, uh, around the insulation, so I would not drape plastic over the insulation. Just let it do its thing. Let it, let it sit and hang there without trapping moisture because moisture will want to leach out of the foundation walls. It'll get into the insulation, and it might make it moldy, and it might make it less effective if it, if it gets moist. Just leave the insulation alone. Let it breathe, but put the, the plastic on your crawl space. In, 19, in the 1970s, we were using organic felt, which is like a, a cheap tar paper uh, on the crawlspace dirt, which sort of falls apart, just deteriorates over time. Now we want to use 6-mil visqueen or 6-mil sheet plastic on the crawlspace dirt, and that's the best thing. But leave the insulation alone. We don't want to cover it. don't want to trap moisture around insulation. So it's a good question, though. Uh, I have covered it before, but I sure don't mind covering it a second time. Take a break now. I'll be back with your phone call, 719-473-1240, right here on Around the House. We'll be right back. Well, I had a great experience this week. Ed, the uh, owner of Above the Rest Garage Doors, came to my house. It's time for a tune-up for me. He got that done. Uh, It's really good. I am on the air here interviewing him. A couple of months ago and I signed up for that premier membership program and you should too he'll come every six months to my house and tune up the garage door and make sure it's operating safely and properly I had a bunch of questions about noises and he got me all squared away just a good guy and it's an easy easy thing to do but a good peace of mind now i know my door is going to be all set for the winter coming up so give them a call at 719-499-0491 again that membership program is surprisingly inexpensive they'll adjust the springs if they need to tighten nuts and bolts lubricate all the moving parts and make sure your faithful garage door is there when you need it. You don't get trapped at home some morning. So give Above the Rest a call. about Ask about the premier membership program, the same one that I signed up for. Give them a call, 719-499-0491, 499-0491 for Above the Rest.
3: Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240.
0: It's uh, 11 minutes before the hour now on the Around the House program. Good to have you at this. Don't forget our podcasts are available online uh, going back to the first weekend in July. And uh, you can access those easily through my website at aroundthehouse.com. Just click on Listen to Podcasts and it'll take you to the krdo.com site. Or you can go to krdo.com slash radio, right? And they're, they're right there. Uh, Chris will put up today's podcast uh, uh, within a couple hours after we go off the air. So they're all right there for you to download and listen to at your heart's content and into your, uh, you know, whatever you have, a Nano or an iPod or what's the latest and greatest? Is iPods still uh, with us, I guess? I have a little Nano I really like. It's tiny, but they don't think they make them anymore. But regular, I guess you, your iPhone can be an iPod, right? Mm-hmm. Or your Android phone. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So the podcasts are right there. We'd love it if you'd listen. And you have been listening, by the way. We have a little a little thing here, a list we publish uh, around the station about whose podcasts are popular. And, uh, last, yeah, last time uh, the, the top six or eight uh, of the top ten lists were me and this program, and I'm so grateful for that. So keep on listening and downloading, and we appreciate that very much. Aroundthehouse.com, listen to podcasts is an easy way To do that. Let's see here. 719-473-1240. And we have live email dot aroundthehouse.com. Tom says, I've got a crack in my basement wall that bulges a little. Should I be worried about it? Well, maybe. Whenever I hear about cracks in concrete, I always want to know if they're changing or if they're ongoing or if they're new or old. So what you need to do is see if this is old and original or if it's newer and is is a result of something that's happened lately so because for instance a bulge can be when they poured the concrete wall the plywood might have uh might have bulged out when they were pouring the concrete so uh that that could be or if there could be a crack right in the middle of it and it's pooching its way into your basement so i want you to measure it and keep track of it and see if maybe uh it changes if it's stable and is not changing and not Uh, In any measurable way, it's probably pretty stable and you can just patch it and forget about it. Uh, But I want you to also check the outside drainage elements. Water can be accumulating behind the wall and and causing this kind of an issue. Downspouts, gutters, sprinkler box, hose faucets, anything that can contribute moisture in that area is something to be concerned about. And uh, so you want to check that out uh, rigorously uh, but the the, re, the steel rebar, excuse me, in the, <clears throat> in the concrete wall is holding it together. So um, if you're concerned about it, a structural engineer can advise. But if it's an older home and this isn't changing, then I would probably just keep an eye on it but just sort of ignore it. Now, on the other hand, if it's bulging and it's changing and pushing inward more and more as time goes on or if there's water coming through it, then I think you need to spend a little time uh, uh with a structural engineer or a or a handyman or a home builder home now there's, there's another way to approach this a good home inspector can take care of this for you we can look at it and kind of give you a uh give you a an, an opinion of what the cause might be and if maybe uh there's something that you you know you, you haven't paid attention to Maybe uh, the home inspector can give you an opinion that it's new or old or in between. Most home inspectors will do a single issue like this for 100 and, oh, 150 bucks or so. Come take a look and write you a little report. So foundation cracks and bulges per se are not bad. It depends how old they are. It depends if they're, if they're changing. Okay, So something to think about, but not something to worry about right now because, because houses structurally are over-designed, Anyway, I think that's one way to look at it. Seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. And I gotta reach over here because I didn't do this before, and I keep track of the live email right here on my uh, little iPhone because I can see it come right into my to my uh, to my actual email messages. And uh, there's 17 from Donald Trump and 48 from Herschel Walker and uh, I don't know what else here. Ivanka's weighing in, Donald Trump Jr., everybody, Kevin McCarthy, Nikki Haley, but no Around the House emails. So you want to get on the? If you want to send, seriously send me an email, just go to aroundthehouse.com and uh, click on the second button from from the left. So we'd love it if you do that because uh, we'd like to know what's on your mind. And um, phone is a preferable way, but email if, uh, if you want. Uh, after the... Top of the hour. I don't want to start this right now. There's a, was a, a great climate change thing uh, in, in the Gazette editorial this week that I want to talk about. The kids are worried about climate change. Of all the things they have to worry about, uh, this is something that uh, kind of breaks my heart in a way. So we'll talk about, about that, and uh, we'll talk about whatever is on your mind if you want to give us a call. Let's see. Paul says, Would the popcorn ceilings in a 1975 house contain asbestos? Yes or no? Well, could be, Paul. Uh, 75 was kind of at the tail end of asbestos, but uh, I think you want to assume that it's there. If you told me this is a 1980 house, I'd say no, but asbestos was starting to go away in the mid-70s, and I'm not sure if you got on the tail end of that or not. So if you're thinking of scraping it off, don't do that. I, uh, I don't like the idea of getting rid of popcorn ceilings. It's very messy. Asbestos, if it's asbestos, you don't want to do it anyway because it'll get asbestos in your house. But if you remove it, which I have a feeling that's what you have in mind here, then you're going to expose seams that may need to be re-taped and reprocessed because they weren't. Uh, in the old days, drywallers, knowing we're going to put a heavy layer of acoustic ceiling or popcorn ceiling uh, on, uh, in the room, they, they would not do that final coat of taping the seams because they cover it up anyway. So sometimes you remove the popcorn ceiling and you got these joints that need to be retaped and you have to start over and then re-texture. It just becomes a mess. It's better to live with the popcorn ceiling, repaint it. It'll brighten it up and, uh, and just leave it alone. But a 1975 house, I would assume it has asbestos because you want to err on the side of caution here. We don't want to scrape it off and get it in the furnace and the drapes and the carpet and the kitchen cabinets and everything else. So I would leave it alone. Uh, the, the dates are interesting on these lead paint and asbestos. I get asked about a lot. Asbestos, as I say, in drywall taping compounds was going away in uh, starting in the uh, roughly the mid 70s and was gone by the uh, by 77 or 78. Same thing with lead paint. The EPA dropped dead lead paint is 1978 but I'll, but i'll tell you a little secret most of the houses in the rocky mountains in the 70s were built under the fha va uh, minimum property standards and lead point paint in those instances was gone uh in the early 70s 70 71 lead paint went away the, the va fha would not approve it so in most cases around here lead paint is only in houses built before the early 70s, 60s and 50s for sure. Uh, assume you have lead paint, you can get a test but it's kind of expensive. You can get an asbestos test also and it's kind of expensive. The point is with houses in this vintage, you want to make sure that you keep surfaces well sealed. Keep a good layer of uh, latex paint. By now in a house, let's say a house built in 1965, by now it's probably had half a dozen layers of latex non-lead paint uh put uh over the original paint so just keep doing doing that and see if there's any lead or asbestos it's long sealed away from the indoor air environment just keep doing that versus trying to uh trying to uh, you know research it or test for it or scrape it off or anything now if you do remodeling if you do you know t- cut a door here or uh, maybe uh, combine two bedrooms into one. You're taking out walls and that kind of thing. You have to be very careful in these older homes. Assume you have asbestos. You can uh, keep, One way to do it yourself is to keep things damp. Tent off those rooms. Make sure that you don't have any dry uh, material floating around in the air. As you cut through things, make sure they're damp. Seal them in plastic bags and throw them away uh, just to protect you and the family. Or you could have an asbestos. uh, removal company mitigation company come in and spend thousands and thousands of dollars i'll leave that up to you well that's the hour number one part two is around the corner of around the house 719-473-1240 and live email at aroundthehouse.com we'll be back right after the news stick around It's six minutes after the hour. Welcome back to part two of Around the House. Good to have you with us here on the program. And if you want to check in, it's 719-473-1240 is the telephone number. And live email at aroundthehouse.com. Whatever's on your mind, we can chit-chat about it uh, here. There was a piece in the Gazette this week, uh, the 14th, which was, that's Monday, right? 14th? Um, Boulder scientists warn of climate change catastrophism. Um, catastrophe, I would have said that's the same thing, I guess, uh, about. And I saw this also uh, at dailymail.com. If you want a, a site to go to with more U.S. news than you're going to find in U.S. online newspapers, go to the dailymail.com. There's a U.S. version of that. It's from London, of course, the London Daily Mail. It's an interesting very good all the politics you want all of the cheesecake you know bikini shots of movie stars and all of the sports and everything you could want there and plus it's a little sensationalist it's spent uh, in, uh it spends time on murders and kidnappings and things probably more than than you want to hear but it's an interesting place and there was a big thing about the U.N.'s warning of flooding in New York and Long Island and in, uh, in uh, Miami and in London even, just of, of by the end of the century, these cities will be uninhabitable because of ocean oceans rising from climate change and, and global warming, <laughs> as if. We would never, as if we won't respond to it by adding another layer of bricks to the retaining wall or putting in a dike or, you know, the the assumption that we're not going to adjust technologically to global warming, and there is global warming going on, although the last 20 years or so, temperature changes have been relatively flat, but the, the, the ongoing trend is is gradually upward, and we'll adjust to it. We solve tomorrow's problems with tomorrow's technologies. And if you got to lay a, add another layer of concrete blocks to the retaining wall, fine, we'll do that. Not a big deal. But we have, heaven knows the way the climate changes, and there's no way to really predict this. We could be a we could be in a cold in a cold spell, in a little mini ice age in a, by the end of the century. Anyhow. Having said all that as background, you know how I kind of feel about this stuff. I think we, we there's not a lot of science going on, and it's mostly politics and power politics at that. We don't hear a lot about the physics and so on. And uh, it, it, it troubles me as a scientist by education. I have an engineering degree, as you've heard me say before. But here's something that caught my eye, and it kind of breaks my heart in a way. Uh, uh, most – and this – editorial in the gazette from monday most troubling of all scientists warned against alarmism uh, raised concerns about the mental health of young people who believe the world will end soon long before healthy lifestyles and expensive educations pay off climate catastrophism may be contributing to the youth mental health crisis they write in a recent international youth survey listen to this reported thoughts of climate change negatively affecting their daily lives and functioning, and 40% reported being hesitant to have children. That is an amazing statistic. Uh, Here's another survey from the American Psychological Association from 2020. Nearly half of those aged 18 to 34, 47%, say the stress they feel about climate change affects their daily lives which is it just makes me uh, so sad to hear that uh, because kids in their you know 18 to 34, that should be the time of their lives, their young lives about family formation and getting their job and getting their career set and getting their life on track to live a good life. Uh, and and it's just it's just really worrisome that kids are so worried about it and there's because there's no perspective around. Uh, there's no. Yeah, but have you thought about this? We always hear about the we overemphasize the negative parts of climate change and undervalue the positives. The positive parts of climate change are first of all that we will adapt using tomorrow's technology. Secondly, we can grow more food because plants like carbon dioxide and there's there have been periods Uh, In our past, when there's been a lot more CO2 in the atmosphere, we can grow more food, feed more people, less people die of starvation, and when it's warmer, people live longer than when it's colder because of diseases and and pneumonia and things like that. Uh, And also, this article points out aggressive climate change policies are also causing low-income Americans to go hungry at the cost of traditional fuels as they spike and lead to broad-based inflation. It hurts poor people more than richer people, of course. Climate is changing. This editorial says society needs to address it with real solutions. None of these solutions benefit from needless and counterproductive catastrophizing that harms humanity, especially young people. When I hear young people, 40% don't want to have or hesitant to have children, we're already in a demographic crisis. We're not having enough babies uh, in in uh, western, uh, civil, western countries industrialized countries europe and here we're not having enough babies and that's going to really affect us negatively because demographics as they say is destiny climate's changing we got to have solutions but solutions will be available if we quit catastrophizing it but it breaks my heart that young people and i and i've also heard people kids down in elementary and junior high school levels are worried about uh, the earth burning up and climate change and the polar bears and ice and we need some more perspective and we're not getting it from our political leadership and from the the media there are two sides to the climate debate yeah the climate's changing yes but there are some good parts to it and there are parts that are ways we can adapt as we always have we've uh, over thousands of Years, over millennia, we have adapted to changing times, and we'll do this, we'll do it ourselves. Uh, if you, You've heard about hurricanes and tornadoes are worse. Actually, the death rate from hurricanes and tornadoes and storms and drought are, have dropped over 90% in the last 100 years because we're better informed with satellites and meteorology. Uh, it, it, it elevated it to levels where we can predict uh, big storms. We, we build more... Hurricane-proof buildings and houses, uh, and on and earthquake-proof houses, and on and on. So there are a lot less human, you know, causes of concern about storms and about severe weather than there ever were, than when there ever has been. But our approach seems to be these days of of climate hysteria, which isn't helping anybody, especially our young people. It makes me, as I say, very sad to read to read that. If you have any comments about that. Excuse me, time for a drink of water. And um, we'd love to hear from you today. Not, yeah, I I get on these little soapboxes, but when I hear the young people are worried, man, when you're 18 to 34, you shouldn't be worried about much of anything except living a good life and getting your life ready to roll. And I hate, people worry too much in our culture anyway. And I'm here to to perhaps ameliorate some of those worries, if you want to chit chat and talk about it, we'd love to uh, love to talk to you about it. Wanda says, "I like the name Wanda. I had a I had a a close friend in high school. I was going to say girlfriend. She wasn't a girlfriend, but a a Wanda in my life back in the old days." Wanda says, "During the recent blizzard, our bath fan vents on the roof filled up with blown-in snow. Well, we haven't had a well. Maybe I Maybe she's maybe this email's from Wyoming or someplace like that. Anyway." they they drip for days into buckets on the bathroom floors <clears throat> uh any ideas to prevent this mess well this is a you know if you live in a windy area we have a buddy john who lives out uh between uh, uh, cheyenne and laramie who calls the show a lot that's if you live in that kind of an area you really need to kind of beware of snow blowing into your attic through both through the bath fan vents and the gable vents and whatever <clears throat> you could uh one thing Wanda you could do and this you can do from the outside you could have a handyman crawl up on the roof and install a piece of galvanized flashing on the windward side of these vents about eight inches away you know just kind of a curved piece of galvanized that will deflect the snow and the wind around each vent but it'll still allow the vents to work to let the steam and odors escape from the bathroom so kind of put a baffle in front of them uh and uh that, that 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 will help a lot there's another idea although this may not be strictly legal but it works and that's one of the reasons i'm here to tell you what works and what doesn't work you could disconnect the vent pipes from the roof caps you got to go up in the attic to do this so that you don't have any direct outside connection between the bath fans and the outside world And you could vent them then into the attic towards one of the attic uh, vents, like a gable vent or something. So the discharge of the fan is actually in the attic blowing outward, if you get what I'm saying. But there's no direct connection with the outside. That will help a lot. Now, the code used to allow us to do that. It's changed now. All vents have to go directly uh, outside. This was uh, the arrangement that was allowed for many years. But the codes, you know, they're always fiddling with the building codes. We've talked about this before on the air and so this is not as i say strictly cricket uh but it, it's it, it works to disconnect those ducts from the outside vents and the snow won't blow in uh, okay so i'll leave it up to you to pick a practical solution but that's what i would do i would disconnect him point him towards a, a roof fence so the odors and the steam will blow outdoors but without the direct connection to outdoors there's another snow blowing in the attic kind of thing that we haven't talked about in a while and and this happens; it's fairly rare, which is good, good news. But you can some mornings you can wake up, and there'll be a stain on your dining room ceiling, let's say, because snow is blown in through one of the roof vents and made a pile up there and melted, and and it makes kind of a mess. This happens very rarely, as I say, and uh, it, it can be just a once-in-a-lifetime kind of event because it's a particular strength of storm the wind velocity how long the wind blew in a certain direction that kind of thing so if you know you you clean it up and put some primer and paint on the dining room ceiling and if you can get up there in the attic you can fluff up the insulation but after the snow is totally melted so and that will work and then just stand by and see if it happens again if it happens a second time then again you you'd want to go up there and put a baffle in the way of the roof vent wherever the snow is coming in but generally if it happens once it doesn't happen a second time because it's relatively rare but sometimes you can as i say wake up and there's a there's a big stain on the dining room ceiling guarantee you that we've had snow blow in through one of the yeah one of the roof vents let's see 719-473-1240 is our contact line we'd love to hear from you today if you want to give us a call and we have live email right at the website, AroundTheHouse.com. We'll be right back. Stick around. I want to talk to you about the above the Rest garage door repair company. Ed's the owner. He came to my house and tuned up my garage door. I'm all set to go for the winter. And I signed up for that premier membership program. It was amazingly uh, much less than I thought it was going to be. And I want to get you in that program, too. It includes a a twice-a-year tune-up. Every six months, he'll come to your house and adjust the springs and lubricate the Garage door? Tighten the nuts and bolts, and just do a general inspection to make sure it's operating okay. And if you sign up, they'll waive the 150 normal trip fee for an emergency visit. So you can't you can't lose with this deal. And that way, your faithful garage door will thank you for it. You won't get stuck at home some morning with a garage door that won't go up. Winter is the hardest season of all in your garage door. So give them a call. Seven one nine. Once again, 719-499-0491. Sign up for the Above the Rest premier membership program twice a year tune-up. You'll be glad you did. Above the Rest, 499-0491.
3: Things break around the house that's why there's the around the house program with Ken Moon give him a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240
0: 23 minutes after the hour i wanted to say hey uh, to the uh, casper listeners up there ktwo country we're glad you're uh, you're with us here on the program i have a lot of friends in casper as i've said before and uh, fond memories of that home show i used to do year after year for I don't know, 15 years plus. And it's a great little town, very, very easy to town to fit into. It's wonderful folks up there. So thank you for K2 carrying the program. 50,000-watt Voice of Wyoming, you know, the 1030 on the dial. They cover the state like a blanket, and we're glad you're with us. Also, KRDO, of course, is our our uh, kind of home port here, uh, our uh, flagship station, if you will, AM and FM in, in the Springs. And, of course, Pueblo is not part of that also. We get down into... Pueblo in the Arkansas Valley, and so we're glad you're with us here on the show. Again, our phone number, 719-473-1240. Jim says, you've talked about the old Federal Pacific electric panels, that they should be replaced. Uh, He said, that's fine. I have a 1962 Murray brand in my house. Should it also go bye-bye? Well, the Federal Pacific brand is the one most folks talk about, real estate people home inspectors and so on appraisers don't like federal pacific panels because they're poorly engineered and don't have a very good reputation we've talked about this before they were in use <clears throat> the federal pacific or fpe brand you can always tell them you almost all of them have a have the, the circuit breakers or have orange paint on the on each of the circuit breakers so fpe brand is uh, was available uh, and, and kind of from the Oh, the mid-50s, let's say to the late 80s, something like that. There are thousands of them around. They're a lot less than they used to be because, they, as I say, they have a bad reputation, and people have been replacing them, and you probably should also. You can have a home inspector or an electrician come examine them. If you, a lot of times you can tell just by taking the cover off if there's been melting or overheating or charring or any kind of breakdown in the uh with inside the the electric panel but that's not dispositive because sometimes they don't trip when they're supposed to and you can't tell that by looking at them so generally speaking on federal pacific panels we want you to replace them when you can now the replacement can be expensive it can be three to four thousand dollars plus to put a brand new electric panel in. usually they put it on the outside of the house There's another approach, though, that uh, you can use and I've seen used successfully, and that is to replace the guts of your federal Pacific uh, panel. You can replace the the breakers and the bus bar and all the internal parts. It's like putting a new engine in a really old car. And then you've taken all the kinks out, the the, the reasons that we don't like Federal Pacifics. You put new breakers in, a new bus bar, and rewire everything. And you can leave the panel just where it is. If it's behind the dining room drapes, you don't have to disrupt anything. So you can have an electrician do that. The, the company that makes these retrofit kits is called Eaton, E-A-T-O-N. It's kind of a famous company uh, that produces electrical uh, goods for industry and and uh, mostly industry but some homeowner stuff so it's, it's hard to find electricians that'll do that but you can get that done for a lot less than replacing the whole box that's for sure maybe down in the uh 1500 give or take range that kind of thing maybe a half to a third of what it might cost you to replace the actual box itself so look around for an electrician in the colorado springs a company called foster electric used to put these kits in. I don't know if they still do or not, but you can give them a call. I'm not answering your question, Jim. Well, I will now. You said you have a 1962 Murray brand in your house. Well, the fact is, it, when, I mean, that thing is 60-ish years old. It well, actually, actually is 60 years old now that I think about it. And um, you should replace it also because... Uh, Electric panels and breakers are electromechanical devices. They're not solid state, and they heat up and cool down, and heat up and cool down thousands, if not tens of thousands, of times over the life uh, of the panel. And they eventually wear out. They get less sensitive. They just they just gradually uh, give up the ghost, if you will. They they just wear out and break down, and they may not be there. When you need him to trip, you have an overload or a short circuit. So again, I would probably replace. You don't have a Federal Pacific brand, but the Murray brand was a popular back, you know, back in the fifties and sixties. I would replace it uh, also. Uh, so uh, whether you can get a replacement kit for that, a replacement breakers, I'll leave it up to you. That, that, that finally, I'll leave you. you know, if you if you want to try do this, I would. Uh, encourage you because it'll be safer than it is now you can go for either of these brands federal pacific or murray you can find either online and i've seen them at lowe's also you can find replacement breakers for these older panels you simply pull the breakers out put the new breakers in they're very expensive because of liability issues but sometimes that can be a a way a stopgap way for you to make your panel safer but i would not ignore these older brands whether it's federal pacific which is has the worst reputation or any of the other brands from the old days because as i say panels and breakers wear out and need to be replaced or upgraded or modified or repaired uh, over uh, you know over this lifespan that we're talking about here 40 50 years plus don't take them for granted now anything that's been put in in the last, oh, let's say 40-ish years from the late 70s till, till now is probably okay. Most of those brands have held up pretty well. But the Federal Pacific is the one that everybody talks about. And if you have one and you're going to sell your house, it'll come up when you get the home inspection done for sure. I, I, I guarantee you that. So at least if you've had it looked at by an electrician who says it's working okay, And it's okay for now that you can have that letter in your file and show it to the new buyers, and that might help get you off the hook. But eventually, they should be replaced. 719-473-1240 is our contact line. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with your phone calls right after this. And don't forget the live email at AroundTheHouse.com. We'll be right back. One of the things that makes holidays a little rough on us homeowners, right, is the prospect of putting up Christmas lights and taking them down, and it's cold and the wind's blowing, and the step ladder, you can't get it level, and you and you slip and slide and so on. Well, I, I've got an answer for you. But trolley Roofing puts up Christmas lights, custom measured, commercial grade Christmas lights, and they'll do it for you. They'll handle all the design, installation, maintenance, take them down after the first of the year, and store them for you till next season this is a way for the keep their guys busy in the winter and you don't have to do it and you can spend more time with your family and loved ones uh this holiday season so give petrolli a call now you gotta hurry and thanksgiving's around the corner and i don't want you to miss out on this so get in the queue now 719-375-8773 for roofing ask about this program getting them to put up your christmas lights this year and take them down when the time comes you'll be so glad you did patrolley roofing and christmas lights do it this year 719-375-8773
3: fix-it videos can be so confusing let ken moon walk you through it on around the house give him a call now at 719-473-1240 that's 719-473-1240 25
0: minutes before the hour on the around the house program let's talk to carl on line one carl you're on the air with ken moon around the house hi
2: hi how you doing out the, down there in the springs these days good how are you carl <laughs> like, hanging in there i got a couple of quick questions here yeah. one of them is uh, i have an ultrasonic humidifier that i bought i don't even know how many years ago anymore and there's kind of like a black spot on the on the membrane where you know on that on that like that steel part there that does the vibrating that makes the that makes the steam, and right. I just—it just doesn't seem to blow steam as much as it used to. And I'm wondering if those things ever wear out, or it's time to get a new one, or what the story is.
0: I imagine they get—don't you think they get mineralized a little bit? I mean, full of like, like calcified minerals, I would think. Um, no,
2: I've washed it out. i washed it out with vinegar, and it, okay. and it's still kind of shiny where it's shiny. I just got that one little dark spot on them.
0: Have you looked? <clears throat> how long have you had this thing, Carl?
2: Oh, at least five years.
0: Yeah. I would probably look online and see is there replacement parts available for it?
2: Um there was a video on replacing the membrane but I'm kind of wondering how hard it would be to track down a particular model of membrane and then wait for it to show up and then take it apart and get the solder gun out and just spend 30 bucks and get another one. Yeah. Well, that's
0: <laughs> you may be onto something there. What I've noticed is that and I hear I, I you know I'm not a special pleader for Amazon, but a lot of times if you'll put a model number just the model number of your humidifier in amazon it'll just default to all the parts available for it so you might be surprised
2: i might try that because if it's if it's like five bucks or
0: something i'd yeah yeah be willing to yeah. take it
2: apart and get the soldering gun out
0: yeah the uh, I mean, the black spot yeah. does it look like mold or mildew or something no it's really hard you, you can't you can't even
2: scratch it so ah. it looks like it might be the subsurface there
0: yeah okay i'd, well, I'd try to I i would try to replace it i really would
2: okay and then the other question is uh my water line is i live up in denver my water line is only about two feet underground and uh i do the trickle when it gets down to zero or below i do the trickle right yeah and uh but i i've looked into get in that you know that heat tape is pretty cheap but i'm wondering with that line being so shallow whether the heat tape on that pipe would really matter if it would it could be even worse if it started freezing you know say Three or four feet from the house in the line, or Did somewhere you sent me
0: in the yard. an email this week, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I sent it to you. I sent it to you uh, a couple of
0: days ago, I think. Yeah, well, I have. I've, I apologize. I remember the email. I haven't answered it yet, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to. But I'm glad. Well, I'm glad you called. Let's get it done right now. <clears throat> I would have. When I saw your email come in, I thought to myself, back to the '70s when I was building houses, the ground used to freeze around here uh, down to three feet plus. One year we had almost four feet of what we call frost in the ground. It's been a long time since the ground is frozen, and I, I, I probably, you know, I hate to give you a false sense of security here, but uh, I would th- has the ground frozen in your part of the world in, in in living memory, so to speak. Well,
2: yeah, but well, the first year I live, the first year I lived here, and I've lived here thirty years. Yeah, in in this house. It was, uh the first year it got down to zero and my water pipes froze? <laughs> okay. Well, so I've been doing doing the trickle ever since.
0: It's it's warmed up, no doubt about it. And I, it's been a long time since we've talked about the ground freezing to any degree. So if you're 24 inches down, <clears throat> I think you're probably going to be fine. Does, is it 24 inches all the way out to the street?
2: Um, I did. I got the new water line when they were. You know, they're getting rid of those uh, the the steel pipes. Right. And, uh, it did. They, it wasn't very far down anywhere from the meter all the way to the
0: to the house. Did they put copper or PEX in? It was copper. Oh man, I wish they would put PEX because that's all the water <laughs> lines we're doing now are that is that blue one inch PEX, and you know it, it's not very susceptible to freezing because it's so flexible. Uh,
2: but yeah, the main uh, the main the main line in the street is
0: PEX. Right. Right. Is this a community system or a city system?
2: Uh, Denver, seawater.
0: Okay, all right, boys. Twenty. You know, as you know, the specs on water lines now. I think in most places in most cities, it's forty-eight inches or more below the surface. So I, you know, I I'm hesitant to say Carl to just go for it. Are you thinking you might want to dig it up and put some heat cable around there?
2: Oh no no no! I was just looking at maybe putting some heat cable where it comes into the house in the crawl space.
0: Well, that might well that might be a good idea, you know. And you're thinking it might conduct the heat farther out into the yard. Is that what you're thinking? Um, yeah, that's that's why I was calling. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, I had never nobody's ever asked me this question before, but I, I suspect. Yeah, I I don't see why it wouldn't work. Copper is very conductive to heat, as you know, and electricity, and a lot of other things. And so, it yeah, it might do you some good. I just hate to say yeah to bless this and then the pipe freezes this winter but um and then and, and then we have you on tape saying that and i can get yeah, a lawyer exactly all kinds of trouble you can you, you <laughs> can tell all my fans right no
2: no i think
0: I, I i misunderstood your question carl i'm glad you called because i was thinking you're you thinking about digging up part of it and putting heat uh heat tape or protecting it some other way. No, but I think if you where where it right comes in from the crawl space, if you want to put some heat cable there, and now it only comes on when it gets really cold, like 37 or below is when these heat tapes uh, actuate. The problem is your crawl space is not going to be 37 uh, very often. So you might want to find one that uh, maybe doesn't have that temperature control I, I don't know if you'll ever you'll find one or not that's a direct plug-in heat cable that's on all the time you see what i'm saying
2: yeah it's a it's a it's a stand-up crawl space you can actually stand up down there and it's got the furnace and the water heater it never right. really gets even when it's 20 below it, it's not that cold down there but it always seems to freeze up when it, if i don't let the water trickle so we, we yeah it, it, they,
0: they, it freezes in the crawl space right
2: um, I've been able to defrost it with a, with a hairdryer there, um, right there where it comes in, but I'm not sure how far down the line it freezes.
0: Well, that, that, so I'm saying, but, but the, the freeze point is, is where the water comes in from the city, you're saying?
2: It, it comes into the house. Yep. Right. It comes into the basement.
0: Well, see if you can find, um, and by the way, uh, does your crawl space have a lot of vents in it? Can you block off some of the vents down there?
2: Um, I've got one. I've got one window, and then I have another window on the other side that has no nothing, and it. it's just a it's just a vent.
0: Okay. Well, we don't want any cross ventilation in the in the winter time, uh, for sure. Um, well, listen, I, I'm back to my same issue. If if it doesn't get 37 Fahrenheit or below in the crawl space, and I doubt with the furnace there that it will, then the, the cold is is being. Uh, you know the cold is originating outside the house, right? You see what I'm saying. So yeah, I get it now. Totally, it's yep. the cold soil. It's not the crawl space. So if you could find a heat cable that can is always on, and I don't know if you can or not, that's what I would choose. And just don't you know don't cover it with any insulation. Just wrap it around the the pipe and plug it in, and that may be the the solution here. Uh, and also if it's always on i would want you to put a Carla smoke detector kind of in that location in the crawl space in case there's any issues with the with any melting or or overheating of the of the heat cable but uh i'm gonna dig up your well i was gonna answer a lot of emails this weekend so i would have seen it anyway but i'm gonna do a little research and you can too if you can find an always on heat cable that's what i would use otherwise uh i think you're wasting the time because it your your crawl space with a furnace in there is never going to get thirty seven or below.
2: Right. Well, I did, I did live in an apartment one time where they had the plastic case over the thermostat that you couldn't touch it, but we used to put ice cubes on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Anyway. Very nice. Right. Well, they Well, Carl, uh, <laughs> you're you're Denko, right?
2: Yeah, I've lived. I've I've called you before back when you were up here. In
0: I, I think you have. Yeah. Well, it's nice of you to follow me. You know, uh, I Heart just said bye bye back in in june and so we, we're, we've carried on down here and i'm so glad you listen uh there's a listen live button at aroundthehouse.com but anyway start i'll do a little research for you this weekend and we can rehook up by by email but i think the secret here and i, I like your idea of the conductivity of the copper pipe conducting the heat out there but you got to find an always-on heat tape and so I'll, I'll help you look for that okay
2: and also because i you know we live in excel territory I'll have to also consider the uh, the wattage per hour. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Well, they're not very, they don't consume a lot. Yeah, like they're, you know, 100 watts or something like that. But you're right. Uh, you might have to take out a loan for your power bill. Uh, you know, that's, whatever. That's 2.7 That's two point seven cents an hour. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, uh, I'm glad you called. Nice to hook up with you again. And you take care. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, I'll do a little help. I'll give you a little help on the email this weekend.
2: All right, you have a good one as well, okay?
0: You, you too, you take care. 719 473 1240 is our contact line, and we're going to take a, a quick break and be back with your phone calls and some this week's uh, additional email right after this, right here on Around the House. Well, this is our first cold snap of the season, and not the last. I can guarantee you and natural gas prices are going to go up and it's just getting more expensive to heat your home. And so if you have ugly old windows, energy inefficient windows from bygone decades, I want you to call Dutch's home improvement. These are folks, you know, Dutch's. you've heard their name around over 30 years. Now they're a home improvement company that fully licensed and insured naturally. And Gary has a commitment, the owner to customer service that I'm, it's very impressive. And I want you to give them a call to get some new windows on your house new vinyl windows energy efficient windows will make your house look spiffier and younger than its actual age but the point is it'll provide you an energy efficient winter you'll save money the windows will pay for themselves in just a few years especially if you air condition in the summertime it'll keep, keep keep the heat out in the summer so give dutchess a call 719-392-1369 new windows from dutchess,
3: fix-it problem at your house, Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240.
0: It's 10 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. Good to have you with us. Thanks for sharing your weekend here on the radio with Around the House. Uh, let's see here. I want to talk to, uh, no, talk to. I want to respond to Sue's email here That uh, that's an interesting one. I haven't talked about this for a while but she wants to know how to get a permanent black marker off a medium colored wood table i hope i don't have to sand and refinish well i don't know if you mean like a sharpie or something like that you know just just an ordinary uh just an an ordinary marker uh and it's hard to say what's in it but a little i always start with the most innocuous things first a little hairspray might work it contains some alcohol and Dissolves a lot of permanent stains. You think are permanent. One of my favorite uses for a hairspray is uh, ballpoint pen marks on my golf shirts. Uh, again It happens a lot to me. I've gel pens and ballpoints and so on. Uh, I spritz on a little hairspray, sh- throw it in the uh, in the uh, washing machine. Works every single time. Uh, and you could try that. One other idea: go to the manufacturer's website of the marker. I bet they have some ideas. To get the marks off your table and and try those if you have to scrub a little hard and you get a little dull area on the surface uh apply some paste wax you can blend all that uh together uh and um, so you know but the, the hairspray tends to work pretty good uh let's see oh chris is asking a question via magic marker no what do you not not magic marker. you call that a uh what uh, erasable what do you call that board darn it, it dry, erase board? dry erase board yeah you'd think i would know that uh no you wouldn't think i'd know that they're way before my t- way after my time right we used to have blackboards and that was it and i'd get brownie points by banging out the erasers you don't you guys don't remember those days do you or do you okay best type of snow blower gas or electrical well that's an interesting uh, interesting question I would probably go for the gas. I have a neighbor who has an electric lawnmower uh, and with a cord. And I mean, electric, uh, battery powered is one thing, but with a cord and it's always getting tangled up. And I would think the same thing with a snowblower. Uh, you get, you'll, the cord might get buried under the drifts of, of snow and get snagged, or would hard to get. I would probably go. Uh, a, now you're talking about battery or cord type. Yeah, I think I would probably go with a gas, a four-cycle gas engine, before they're outlawed. See, that's the thing. You don't know uh, all of the crazy ideas in California from Newsom and and company out there tend to drift eastward. You know, and one of these days, I wouldn't be surprised to wake up and say gas-powered lawnmowers and barbecue grills are outlawed and stuff, so I would probably buy a gas one uh, right now. Yeah, snowblowers. One of my neighbors— Uh, had a snowblower he was an older guy like me and he would um uh he would snowblow the whole neighborhood the city sidewalks and driveways he was so proud of his snowblower we loved the guy but he moved away now he's in in nebraska (laughs) anyway he was sure had fun had fun with that snowblower uh for for sure uh let's see here what else do we have do you have any ideas uh, says john uh sealing around the base of a toilet besides caulking <clears throat> no a, a caulking is the way to go you know you can if you don't want to call attention to it you can do some clear tub and tile caulk uh i i like the dap dap brand uh one, but i like caulking i put white caulking around but if you have a a colored floor you're proud of uh, use the clear and i think that'll work only do three sides when you seal under a toilet Two sides in the front. Don't do the back because you want water, if there's a leak, to come out from under that gap and telegraph that it's actually, actually there. So, uh, so once again, when you caulk around a toilet base, do the two sides in the front, but not the back because if there's a leak, you want it to be able to telegraph to you before, sooner rather than later, and you'll see water on the floor. And so, there. I hope that's helpful to you. Uh, so. There you go, 719-473-1240. Do we have a uh, – should we get him in real quick? Okay, let's get – we have a caller here? No. Okay, no caller. False alarm. Okay, I didn't want to give him short shrift because we're coming to the end of the uh, of the program. <clears throat> Here's an email from – who is this from? From Marie. I live in a very windy area east of the springs. We have wind and dust coming in under the walls through the outlets, the heat fence, afraid we're wasting a lot of a lot of energy yeah you probably are if, if, if snow and I'm sorry if, if wind and dust come in uh, into the house it means heat's escaping in the other direction so you want to caulk around the gap where the siding comes down uh, on the foundation uh, you can do some spray foam or you can get some of that pink fiberglass insulation and chink it in that gap if you would like caulk around the windows and doors. You get the idea. Just common sense stuff. Uh, make sure that the <clears> – <throat> here's a big one, too. Make sure that the dryer vent, the kitchen fan vent, uh, that, that, uh, and bath fan vents, there's a little flapper on there. Make sure the flapper closes when the, when, the, when the vent fans are not operating. That's a big deal because if they're stuck open, you can get – Cold air and dust and you know even some snow sometimes blowing in through those vents. So there's a little flapper, a spring loaded. Make sure when you turn off the bath fan or the or the uh, kitchen hood uh, vent fan or the dryer isn't working that that flapper actually closes. That's a big deal. So, but caulking around the gap where the siding comes down over the foundation is uh, is that's where a lot of this stuff comes in. Um, the the you mentioned that you have. Uh, dust coming in through your heat fence. I'm concerned about that because you you don't want – you may have a fresh air duct. Back in the uh, 70s and 80s, it was common to hook up a fresh air vent from the outside directly into the heating system. We don't do that anymore, and this is where a lot of cold air and dust can come in. So if you uh, have your HVAC contractor come out, and if there's a direct vent from the, uh, from the furnace system – The outside air, close that off, but you got to get the air from someplace else. So have the HVAC contractor do that uh, for you. A home inspector might be able to take a look, but I like the idea of your furnace company coming and making sure you can block off that fresh air vent from the outside. I have a feeling that's what you have. We used to do this because we were concerned about about not enough combustion air for the furnace and water heater. We've since found out you can steal that air from the inside. You don't have to have that direct connection with the outside world cuz that brings a lot of cold air in and it can bring dust and even a little snow sometimes so make sure that that vent if you have one is closed off also <clears throat> you want to make sure the outlets uh you can uh you can take the outlet cover on you can put one of those foam outlet uh, insulating pads uh, right underneath that the cover plate and that might help with the dust coming in you can also Get some of that spray foam insulation and spritz it behind the outlet. Uh, that kind of helps. Although, be careful because that stuff expands. You don't want to push the outlet out, you know, from inside the wall into the, roo- into the room. So just use a little bit of it, not a lot, uh, injected behind the outlets if you if you want to. But try the foam pads first because they seem to work pretty well under all the outlet uh, and switch covers of your electrical system. That really helps so i hope that's uh marie helpful to you to keep out some of the dust and snow and outside air so there you go thanks for that email well that's all she wrote chris moyer and matt mckinley helps thanks for your help in the control as always we hope you have a wonderful week and a wonderful holiday season we'll see you next time don't forget around the house.com for the podcast and an e- if you want to email me otherwise god bless have a wonderful week see you next time right here on Around the House